it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Hey, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not launch a re-election bid this morning. But Joe Biden releasing a video to declare his candidacy again. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And we're going to discuss America's second invite to cruise on the Titanic with Emily Campagno. Jason Chaffetz is in the house. And Brian Brenberg, who stops by to discuss Joe Manchin's claim that his party lied to him about the Inflation Reduction Act. That's just how white folks will do you. I really love this part of the story, though. Manchin's like, I can't believe the people who passed a climate change bill under a different name would pull the fine print like this. Are you stupid or something? 888-788-9910. The phone number, whether you're stupid or something. Uh, or you're a little smart. It doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Uh, I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. All are welcome. It is an audio safe space for cool people. And I don't mean you're cool like you're the Fonz walking around with a pack of cigarettes under your arm like, hey, I just mean you're cool. You can behave. You can talk about issues of the day. You can take them serious, but you don't have to take yourself so serious. You know, everybody calm down, that kind of thing, which is crazy because (laughs) nowhere in the history of telling people to calm down has it ever worked out for the guy who suggested it. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Seriously. But the point being is if you want to be a part of the show, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be an Independent. You can identify as – you can be a furry. You can identify as a dog. All we ask is that you don't be a – there it is. Happy Tuesday and a big, busy Tuesday it has been so far for your radio buddy. I was on Fox & Friends this morning. Uh, if you missed it, we posted the hit on the Fox Across America uh, Facebook page as well as the website. Uh, I was also on with Sean Hannity last night and Kellyanne Conway and all of that jazz. Posted that on the page. Tonight you'll see me on Laura Ingram. I'll also be on the bottom line. Uh, with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. So there's a lot of fail vision if you're looking for some TV action tonight. And, of course, every one of these outlets are thrilled to have me on set. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. Regardless, I'm not going to sit here and debate Miss McDowell. The point is I'll be on her TV set a little bit later on. Right now the big debate is over whether Joe Biden should make another run for the White House. The answer would be no. 70% of Americans agree with that fraudulently, manipulatively played clip I just added to the conversation. (laughs) That is not Obama. Obama, to be clear, has tweeted his support for Joe Biden, but he's very much in the minority this time around. Seventy percent of the country are against him running. Come on, man. Okay, and there's a multitude of reasons. I've told you this before. You know, it's we're not being ageist. When we say we have concerns about Biden's cognitive abilities, we're just being mindful of what we see from him. Okay, there are much older men than Joe Biden who are functioning fabulously 
by comparison. So it's not that we just have like a bias against old people, uh, but we are a little concerned about handing the nuclear codes back to a guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, this isn't a Republican Fox News attack on Joe Biden. This ain't some right-wing straw man nonsense. This is a guy who roots for the country. Okay, if you remember before the 2020 election, I actually wrote an op-ed on foxnews.com, caught a little heat for it. I said, hey, I'm supporting the Republican Party, but if Biden wins, I will hope he does well. Okay, because I live here. My Jenny lives here. Lincoln lives here. My wife and kid. You know, I don't bring a lot of talent to this conversation. I am very much reliant on that rising tide that lifts all boats. And uh, I got to be honest, the tide has not been rising And it's not because of climate change. It's because of the folks inside the White House. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. So you can get into the cognitive abilities. You can get into the just overall state of affairs, because I do believe it's a big meatball in terms of why 70 percent of the public don't want him to run again. Some people like, oh, he's old. Some people are like, guy oh, seems a little dumb. Some people like these policies are terrible. And some people correctly check. All of the above. Correct the mundo. But here is Biden. Uh, Man, oh boy, oh man, this is a mess. But this is Biden from the campaign video doing what he does best, which is just lying to your face. Do you remember when Biden launched his last campaign? He said it was a battle for the soul of our nation. He thought he was done in politics, but he decided to run because Donald Trump refused. Do you remember this? Well, I wasn't going to run. But then I saw Donald Trump. He refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Oh, get out of here. So uh, I guess we have some issues. (laughs) No issues. Media swept it right under the rug. They ran on pretend white supremacy the last time around and, you know, COVID. He's mismanaging COVID. We're all going to die. More people died under COVID under Joe Biden, despite having not one but two but three vaccines at his disposal, than they did under Donald Trump. Okay, Biden, if if the metric for being president was managing COVID, okay, Biden, when it came to COVID, was Tunsis the driving cat. Okay, not only were the deaths higher, but they crushed the economy. And in the course of doing so, the deferential treatment and posture they took towards teachers unions meant the average school kid lost nearly two years of academic gains. I love the poorly educated. Maybe so. But right now, one in three school kids can't read. And what are we actively focusing on? Integrating bathrooms. Like, that's what we're doing. We're getting ready to watch Motley Crue sing Smoking in the Them's Room. We're going to have co-ed bathrooms. Who asked for that? Okay, it shouldn't be the priority. I'm not saying trans kids shouldn't feel welcome. But the point is they're taking this activist approach to our schools that prioritizes everything except the job schools have, which is teaching kids to learn. It's like the border. It's like the military. When you see the military yelling about pronouns, I'm like, dude, it's war. Okay, getting onto a battlefield with a tank that is a hate has no home here sticker on the back of it isn't going to scare away our enemies. I agree with that. Okay, it's not good. 
But the point is, all of this stuff, the green energy agenda, which, by the way, is causing more pollution. Why? Because when we declared war on our fossil fuel industry and we started outsourcing production, it means we're now importing it from countries that are 42% filthier than we are when it comes to our capacity production. So I say this every day on the show. The green energy agenda is outsourcing our production to places like Venezuela. You know, we're supposed to be protecting democracy and freedom. Well, we're empowering an authoritarian down in Venezuela. Democrats are so full of crap. Never mind that we're now using more fuel just to get it back into our country. So the green energy initiatives have caused more pollution than they would if we just left everything in this country alone. Biden inherited a country that was energy independent. Okay, we didn't vote to relinquish that independence, didn't. Okay, but understand that's where we are. The casualty of his leadership has been an accelerated decline in the quality of life for every single American. It's why we're sitting here at a place where 70 percent of Americans don't want the guy to go out and run again. Biden is such a disaster. But here he is talking about how this is America's moment. And what does he mean by that? To put up like a for sale sign, a. (laughs) <laughs> your ad here on the side of the Statue of Liberty. You never you used to have the Emma Lazarus poem, Give Me Your Tired, You're Poor. <laughs> now it's just like, your ad here. Uh, here it is, clip three. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Now, they went with a slogan of finish the job because it was a lot easier than finish the sentence. Okay, here is Biden trying to finish a few sentences. Fascinating stuff. Clip nine. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. That's right. Thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go late and lick the world. I'll either be rolling egg or you know, being the, the good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> yeah, I'll paraphrase the phrase in my own neighborhood. The rest of the country, the world is not a patch on our genes. Think about what you'd think about. Uh, I can't have trouble reading this. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Um, what am I doing here? This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. It's just a mess. And I listen. I wish the guy no ill will. It's the president. As he goes, we go. But we're going off a cliff. Listen to this other montage, another mess. Clip two. Jonah, and by the way, Jonah Hayes, Jonah, where are you? There you are, Jonah, right in front of me. Stand up, Jonah. It was also Kamala's birthday. Happy birthday, great president. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. In 2018, (laughs) when they tried to do it, we went to 54 states. (laughs) My goodness gracious. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Uh, The guy's a mess. We went to we went to all fifty four states. 
Three words. Made in America. Come on, man. I'm not talking to you as a Republican. I'm talking to you as American. I tell you this every day. We're teammates, man. We don't have to agree politically. It doesn't change the fact that we're teammates. We all get dressed in the same American locker room. That's the one place where we are all sharing a locker room. I know they want to expand that in theory to schools and athletic events. But the point is we are all playing for the same team, whether we realize it or not. Social media has incentivized conflict. And it's always encouraging the worst possible characterization of your political opposites. You're going to score a lot more digital dopamine. If you call the people who disagree with you monsters and Nazis, then you are if you say something nice and try to make a substantive point. I get it. But this attitude of putting party over country is why we wound up in a position where anyone would vote for Joe Biden in the first place. Okay, Joe Biden didn't run for president in 2020. The media did. Everybody knows that. He was home. There were more Elvis sightings than there were Joe Biden sightings in the summer of 2020. Like, seriously, the groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil, Thought Biden had a lax public appearance schedule. He's like, this, this guy never comes out. At least I give you the once a year I do the shadow thing. They pick me up in funny hats and talk in prose. But the truth is we didn't really get to see the Carfax on Biden until it was too late. And the country's a mess, man. You know, the question, are you better off now than you were two years ago? There's no one that can say they are unless you're running a drug cartel. But getting past the cognitive issues and the overall quality of life decline that we've witnessed – is just the reality the guy's just lying. You know, when he says we got to stand up for your personal freedoms, Joe Biden took away your personal freedoms when it came to the vaccine, when it came to going to church, when it came to going to school. For all the gaslighting he does about race, black kids in failing inner city schools are being denied school choice by Joe Biden, a guy who is a wholly owned subsidiary of the teachers' unions. So it's a classic exercise in gaslighting. And that he's, you know, constantly accusing the other side of one thing. Democracy's under attack. Freedom's under attack. The only thing he's not mentioning is that it's under attack by him. And this whole candidacy, this whole idea that the country is flourishing right now, that we're ready to do this all over again, 70% of the public doesn't even want it. 85% of the public says we're going in the wrong direction. And that's why they launched this campaign today with a video and not a rally. Okay, it's that not even they could tell that lie with a straight face in one take. White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a So good. 
It's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project big or small as a homeowner myself i always have things i want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool with over 200,000 pros in their network angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. More soaring oratory from the Commander-in-Chief Joe Biden, who has announced another bid for the White House. That's stupid. Use your common sense. 70% of Americans do not want it. We're going to discuss it with Emily Campagno. We're going to get into it with Jason Chaffetz. Brian Brenberg is in the house to take an econ look at this whole thing. You yourself also welcome at 888-788-9910 as we roll on. Uh, Let me give you one more clip on this really quick. Man, oh boy, oh man. So Biden makes the announcement this morning, 6 a.m. They roll out a video. They're like, we got to do this. It's go time. And, you know, they announced Kamala Harris was on the ticket. Not even Joe Scarborough could get excited about that. And I'm going to play you a clip of Joe Scarborough, Joe and Mika. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yo, hold on a second. If I got to do this, you got to do this. What do we say every day? Fox Across America, it's our family meeting. And I'm like the little deadbeat dad at the end of the table, and we're all sharing what we learned in our travels. Well, I had to suffer through Joe Scarborough, so now it's your turn. Buckle up, clip seven. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the vice president and are they going to replace the vice president? And uh, you, you, you always get this, by the way. You always get this. Vice presidents always... Uh, 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 turned into a secondary figure for good reason, but also a lot of people leading up to to re-election campaigns will say, well, are they going to dump this? But no, she's she's there. She's their voice on abortion. Yeah, and she certainly has been their voice on abortion. She had a successful trip to Africa. uh, And and Gene Robinson, there's absolutely Mm -hmm. no reason why they should upset the apple cart, as as it said. 
Well, I mean, there's one reason why they should upset the apple cart, if we're being honest. It's because... Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. we killed this city we killed this city by going we'll kill this city we killed this city by going Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Jefferson Starship getting back together to honor all of the woke progress being made in California this week. Everything woke turns to Listen to this one, man. This is crazy. We're talking about Biden making another shot, another run for the White House. Okay, and what would that potentially look like? It would just basically finish the transformation between the rest of America into California. Okay, California is the democratic vision for the rest of the country, meaning every green energy initiative you can possibly force on people, massive government subsidies that fuel a homeless crisis and a level of government dependency that ultimately erodes people's self-reliance in a way that denies them the ability to get out and provide for themselves. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Okay, California, where they had the most draconian COVID measures, of course resulting in some of the worst numbers we've seen anywhere in the country. Okay, the loss of education the woke bail reforms that have turned the streets lawless. You understand, if you are trying to get a U-Haul out of California right now, you can't get one. They're that in demand. They will actually pay you in some instances to if you're moving one way into California because they need U-Hauls. 
to get them in, into the state because right now they have to go get them all from Texas and Florida and everywhere else. People are fleeing California in record numbers. Like when I get on the air and I talk to you guys every day, I'm never really talking to you from a political standpoint. I'm talking to you from a human standpoint. Let's just do basic math. California. The state out in the West Coast, the beaches, the beach boys, let's go surfing now, everybody's learning. That whole thing, everyone's leaving. The place, you, know, you know the place that's known for boardwalks and boobies? Hubba, hubba. They, not even all the boardwalks and boobies in the world aren't enough to keep people around. They're leaving. You ever heard the Tony, Tony, Tony song? Not it feels good. It feels good. Remember that one? This They had another song called It Never Rains in Southern California. It never rains in Southern California. Everyone's leaving anyway. And if Tony, Tony, Tony was singing about California, it would say, yeah, it feels good to leave. It's bad. They are fleeing California in record numbers. And what does California have but every single thing the Democrats are trying to force on this country? Bingo. Okay, all of these equity initiatives are creating an inequity for the guy who works hard, pays his taxes, and wants to be safe when he walks down the street. Remember this. When they went into the prison systems and they were like, no, you know, we've got to look at the demographics of our prison system. There's, you know, too many people of one race, not enough people of another. We need to keep this. No, no. Just lock up the bad guys. Who, who's committing the violent crime? Throw them in jail. Who's robbing the store? Throw them in jail. That's all you got to do. That's it. I don't want to hear about the race or the background. It doesn't matter. If everyone in prison on Rikers Island tomorrow is a white guy, but we've got every murderer locked up, I'm good. I'm not going to say, hey, can you let a couple of them free just to sprinkle in the population a little bit? No, this isn't a college brochure. This is a society. It's not about optics. It's about outcomes. But the problem is they're now focused on representation and diversity and inclusion at the expense of the law-abiding citizen, at the expense of the quality of life in states like California. New York's no different. They say, well, you know, we've got to empty some of these prisons in the name of equity. There's too many, you know, black people and minorities in the prisons. So we got to, you know, in the name of equity, we let some of them out. Okay. But 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So when you start freeing prisoners in the name of equity towards their race, you are ultimately just prioritizing them over the people who actually followed the law, didn't beat anybody up, didn't rob anybody's stores. But that's what's going on in this moment, okay? And that's why people are fleeing states like California and states like New York, obviously. I mean, forget about it. But understand that in this moment right now, a Target store in San Francisco, good old San Francisco. Remember Whole Foods fled two weeks ago? They opened up a flagship Whole Foods in San Francisco, flagship store, Whole Foods, owned by Amazon, wealthiest company in the world. Okay, they went out and opened up a flagship grocery store. This is where the fancy people are going to shop. It's going to be great. Who doesn't like paying twenty one fifty for an avocado? Now they got this whole aisle in the back where you can turn tricks just to pay for the fresh fruit. It's so expensive. What the hell did you just say? Just the point is. It's an expensive store in the richest zip code in America, owned by the richest company in the world, and it couldn't stay in business because San Francisco has become that lawless. Okay, they have subsidized poverty. They have subsidized drug use, and they have empowered lawlessness by creating a society that has more empathy for the criminal than it does the cop. Okay, you understand these are stupid policies. Doesn't matter which party espouses them, the end result is the same. 
So I don't talk as a Republican. I talk as a human being. I like San Francisco. It's one of those cities I romanticized as a young kid. Okay, growing up, you live in one part of the world. You romanticize cities in other parts. You know, like Detroit. I was like Detroit because Magnum P.I. wore a tiger's hat. And they had a good run in 84, the Sparky Lyle, Detroit, you know, those guys, the Daryl Evans, <laughs> you know, the Lou Sweet P. Whitaker, Detroit Tigers of the 80s. Okay, those were hot teams. The Jack Morris, you know, those are hot teams. And I always romanticized Detroit. And then I rolled into Detroit. <laughs> this could be a problem. Not the best. Okay, San Francisco, another faraway land. Loved it. San Fr- oh, my goodness, the trolley cars. When I was a little kid, that was a big deal. Full House, Rikers Island, you know that. Wow, it's a big deal. San Francisco, I can't wait. Go across the Golden Great Bridge like I'm Danny Tanner. Then I got across the Golden Great Bridge, looked around, and... This could be a problem. Not good. San Francisco right now, the last two times I was there, it looks like the second half of the Thriller video. Do you remember when Michael Jackson is walking home in the Thriller video with the girl and everything's fine? They just went to the movie. She was a little scared. Then all of a sudden they take a turn, and now they're surrounded by zombie people with torn clothes, and they're lurching towards them, and they're going to get him. And, you know, now he's got to decide between, like, tripping the girl so they eat her and he can get away. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But the point is, San Francisco is just the manhole people in Thriller. Portland, just the same. Really bad. What do they all have in common? These are liberal-run cities that have prioritized everything but what's important. Okay, New York's no better. Eric Adams, what did he tell you last week? We got too much red meat. So not the fact that the price of meat is at a 40-year high. Not the fact that we had 26,000 felonious assaults in New York City so far, which means if you're going to buy that meat at a store, the odds of you getting mugged are exponentially higher than they've ever been in your lifetime. No, no, don't focus on that. It's just, you know, we got to talk about the emissions coming from cows. They're crazy. They're stupid. Okay, but here's Target in San Francisco. Target in San Francisco has now locked all of its cosmetics behind glass in an attempt to combat theft. What the hell is the world coming to? Think about that. Containment was discovered last week by a customer who posted a TikTok video detailing the change. In the video, nearly every product was locked behind a glass case and would require employee assistance to purchase. So you want to go in and buy lipstick? All right, hold on. Let me go get somebody. We need a little deodorant. Let me go get somebody. That's how out of control it is in San Francisco right now. And why is it out of control? Because you're really dealing with a mindset running the state of California right now that has more empathy for the criminal than the law-abiding citizen. Think about that. Only in a liberal-run city could the cosmetics be locked up and the criminals be set free. I think he's got a point. I mean, it's insane. That's the point. You Don't lock up the lipstick. Lock up the bad guys. But we're not doing that, which is why everybody is fleeing California. And make no mistake about it, Biden announced he was running this morning. Gavin Newsom still went out and got his regular pedicure. Still got the little scalp treatment, did his little yoga. I'm a bad man. You know, Gavin, he wants to run. Nobody in their right mind expects Biden to run a full campaign right now. It's basically come up with a new COVID variant or bust. If he has to go out on the campaign trail, he's got a really big problem. He knows what he's talking about. But the fact remains, okay, the end goal for the Democrats is what Gavin Newsom has already accomplished in California. Okay, high taxes. 
tax the rich to the moon. Pay your fair share. 8% as Biden spelled it out. Do you have that clip, Justin? I'd love to hear it again. But you have. <laughs> we have a thousand billionaires in America. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight. E-I-G-H percent. Eight percent. No. You know what percentage of the rich play? Eight percent. E-I-G-H. Eight. He repeats it again like it's a spelling bee and he's confident. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But you understand this is what they're going for. Hi, we got to tax the rich, baby. Throw some more money at these problems. We'll make them even bigger. That way we can have more entitlement spending. Let me, let me explain this to you really quickly, okay? When you increase taxes on the rich, you know what the rich do? They hire more attorneys, they hire more accountants, and they go out to find ways to work around the issue, okay? That's how this works. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But I mean that, okay? It's like expanding the size of the IRS. The middle class always pays the, you know, pays the bill for that sort of thing. Because when you hit a rich person with a letter from the IRS, okay, an attorney flies out, an accountant flies out, a prolonged five-year settlement ensues before you get about a fifth of what you were hoping for, best case scenario. Okay, it's the middle class that are a pinata. I get a letter from the IRS. You hit me with that letter, money is flying out. I might. Do, what do you guys need? What do I owe you? Would you like any topless pictures of Jenny? Okay, I, I don't want any trouble. I'm the middle class. I have nothing to hide. I just want to be on the right side of this thing. Take what you need. That's how it works. But the democratic worldview is just let's declare class warfare on the rich and they'll solve the rest of society's problems. Okay, we're overspending in every single one of these areas. Whether you're talking about homelessness, whether you're talking about education, and I'm not saying we should cut education funding because that makes it sound like you don't defend, you know, that you don't, you know, care about the kids. But what I'm telling you is none of this money goes towards what it's supposed to go towards. When you look at all the massive subsidies that were carved out for COVID, 90% of them didn't go towards COVID. What a fraud. Okay, but when you look at California as a whole, all they're essentially doing is selling victimhood over victorhood. Not you live in one of the biggest economies in the world. It never rains. It's gorgeous out. You know, there's chicks in bikinis everywhere you look when you go down the streets. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, no, they're not selling victorhood. They're selling victimhood. You can't do it. You need the government. You're a criminal. It's not your fault. It's that government society, which is systemically racist, will let you out of jail. Okay? You're homeless. We're not going to let you, you know, work your way up to a job and beat your addiction and get you inside a home. No, no, we'll just cut your check so you can sit in a tent and do drugs and be homeless. Excuse me, you can't say homeless, it's PC. You have to say free-range people. But the point is, every single person, okay, who goes into California today to get a U-Haul can't get one. But what they can get is a waiting list. And I'm not talking to you as a politician, I'm talking to you as a human, okay? If there is a waiting list to get a U-Haul so we can move out of your state, It's not because the governor, it's not because the party is doing a good job.
The morning show that uh overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. A busy day today. Emily Campagna is going to be in the house right off the outnumbered couch. Then we're going to talk to former Utah Congressman Jason Chaffetz. We will also get into it with my man, Brian Brenberg. As the media landscape has just been completely upended. Of course, Don Lemon got fired yesterday. That was addition by subtraction. He sucked. Uh, if you watch CNN day in and day out, you were basically doing it as part of a hazing ritual. CNN is the worst. And, of course, there were no shortage of headlines over here at the Fox News Channel uh, where the company and Tucker Carlson went their separate ways yesterday. I don't really have a lot to add on that. We're allowed to talk about it. We just don't know what we're talking about other than the guy was immensely popular. And uh, clearly a decision was made uh, by the two entities uh, to go in separate directions, as they might sing in a Journey song. Uh, It's a very passionate time. Like, I've been gauging people on Twitter and Facebook, and, you know, some people are like, yeah, hang in there, Jimmy. I know it's rough for the channel. We love you guys. And then you get the other people who are obviously responding to this, uh, you know, understandably not happy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. The one thing I would only add to that, for real, though, is like if you're trying to get somebody's attention on Twitter, I would almost argue that it's more effective to not be mad because everything on Twitter is mad. Like Twitter is basically a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. You just log on and you're like, yeah, hey, I just got my daughter a cupcake for her birthday. And you're like, yeah, too bad January 6th, you lunatic, you white supremacist daughter. And you're like, what the hell's going on over here? I mean, dude. Have you ever had a check? Apparently nobody on Twitter has. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Back in action. For a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fela, 888-788-9910. We will try get some of your calls on this hour. Emily Campagno is going to be here, fresh off the outnumbered couch, to weigh in on the idea that Joe Biden is running for president a second time. America needs more Biden, they said. Not even close. I don't know. We'll get Emily's opinion one way or the other. She can be a day drinker when she's not working. Maybe she'll side with Biden. Uh, Jason Chaffetz, former Utah congressman. He will be in the house as well. And, of course, your fine self. Uh, We will take your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, if Elizabeth Warren happens to be listening. Ah, Jimmy, that was a cheap shot. Either way. Uh, a lot to get to in this hour. I'm going to talk big box, though, for a second. There's a lot going on, okay? Obviously, we had the CNN thing with Don Lemon, with the Tucker thing, which we don't really have a lot of details on. Uh, we can talk to you about it. We just don't have a lot to offer you. You know, everyone always – I love that everyone's been messaging me like, what went on? Like, they tell me. I'm like, dude, I'm getting paid in ham sandwiches. Have you seen me on TV? Ham sandwiches and Meisterbrow. I'm not really in the loop. Uh, but the point is we're wishing everyone involved – the best vibes allowable by law, and we're moving on with our job, which is to carry and cover the news, you know? And uh, the reality in this moment is, with Biden relaunching his campaign, with inflation's at a 40-year high, we just set a record for fentanyl overdoses, 
The national murder rate is at a 30-year high. There are things of consequence going on in this country that need to be addressed. And it's my greatest frustration is that in our politics right now, so much of an emphasis is being placed on the sensationalism of opinion as opposed to the substance of the subjects. A good example of that, okay, I would tell you this, and this come, I, I, I harp on this one a lot as a dad, okay, is I like sports because I have obviously grew up around them. You know, I grew up in one of those intellectually stunted houses where, you know, the men can only communicate through their love of sports. Like, yeah, the Yankees are the best. That meant you and your dad were getting along well. Ah, oh, the Yankees suck, you know. Things weren't going so good. That's basically how it worked. For, <laughs> for first time I ever slept with a woman, you know. First time I came right home, I'm like, the Yankees rule, you know. That was three weeks ago. I'm kidding. But the point is, I always grew up around sports. I always loved the value of being a part of a team and belonging to something bigger than myself, which is why, like, being a patriot, paid, being a patriotic person always appealed to me. I grew up in Levittown. It was the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. Okay, everyone, okay, I grew up with and around was the son or the daughter of a veteran. Okay, and if you weren't the son or the daughter of a veteran, you were the son or the daughter of a cop or a fireman. You were, we grew up around people who put on the uniform to represent this country. So I always have a special reverence for the people who are willing to make that move. And one of the issues, okay, that I've seen become such a divisive point in our society is the demarcation line between sports and policing, meaning sports somewhere around 2020, probably a little bit earlier if you want to go into the NFL and Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem, sports very much became a commentary on policing and that they were kneeling for the national anthem because they were mad at the cops. You know, then we had the summer of 2020 with the George Floyd thing where every single professional sports league became an activist lecture. Okay, you couldn't turn on a game without seeing something in the end zone about ending racism, something on the basketball court about tolerance, something on the back of the jersey. It's everywhere you look. And my frustration there is not that, you know, I'm mad that people are exercising their First Amendment rights, but that in doing so, Forums like sports and late night comedy that used to unite this country have become great sources of division. Like you cannot look out at society and say that anything's gotten better in the black community or the minority community since professional sports became activists. Okay, you can't. There's nothing you can point to, not the murder rate, not the carjacking rate, not the robbery rate, not the not the rape rate, not the assault rate. Everything is exponentially worse since all of this professional sports activism started. And it's not because they're the ones committing the crimes. The point is, it's just not helping because it's putting a lot of our emphasis on slacktivism. Slacktivism meaning say the right things. But does saying the right things have any impact on the people who don't follow laws? The answer would be no. So a lot of times what you're seeing is sports, which could possibly serve a purpose as a united front for the country, a place where we could put our political differences aside for two hours and watch a game, has now just become one more source of agitation for one half of the country. Because understand, our sports don't contain bipartisan activism. There's not like Republican activism. Like you don't turn on a ball game and they're like, secure the border. No, no, it's all left-wing activism. 
Okay, it's all about inclusion and diversity and calling the cops who protect the arena racist. That's what sports became. Phil Jackson made headlines over the weekend because he said he couldn't watch the NBA anymore because it was too activist for even him. I want to play this because it drew a response this morning from Shannon Sharp. Now, Shannon Sharp's comments make a lot more sense when you realize Shannon's middle name is Ain't. But that being said, this is how activism works in sports. Somebody gets on TV and says you're a racist. Somebody tries to counter that with facts and either gets fired or pistol whipped into compliance. Don't ever forget in the summer of 2020 when everyone was kneeling for the national anthem, Drew Brees famously said, hey, I want to show my solidarity with all of my teammates. I'm on board. But I still don't think we should disrespect the national anthem or the cops that protect our venues and kneel and upstage a moment that belongs to the cops and the veterans who fought for this country. Drew Brees said that. The response was so vicious on social media, he responded not once, not twice, not three times, but four times with an apology. That was embarrassing. You could take it a step further. His wife also issued two separate apologies. That was absolutely dreadful. Totally. Okay, and why? Because all he did was voice... His own First Amendment opinion. Okay, and that's the thing. Everybody who's telling you they're fine with activism in sports is not telling you they're fine with disagreement. What they're telling you is they're okay with forced compliance to liberal ideology. Here is Phil Jackson saying he doesn't really watch the games. Where do you hear the response? This is clip 39, Phil Jackson. Do you uh, still watch a lot of basketball or no? I don't. Tell me about that. When and did you stop immediately from the time you stopped coaching? No, I didn't. I watched some of the game evolve and decided, and they went into the lockout year and they did something that was kind of wanky. They did a bubble down in Orlando Mm -hmm. and all the teams that could qualify Mm -hmm. went down there and Mm -hmm. stayed down there. Mm -hmm. No audience. And they had things on their back like, you know, justice and... uh, yeah, I made a little funny thing like, uh, you know, Justice just went to the basket and uh, equal opportunity just knocked him down. And uh, somebody, uh, I had another name for a guy who has jersey in the back of a jersey, he had some other slogan. So my grandkids thought that was pretty funny to, to, to play up those names. I admire your honesty. What did he say? Watching the game with my grandkids and you're watching Justice go to the basket and get fouled by equal opportunity. It seems a little silly knowing those aren't their real last names, number one. But number two, okay, it's not that any of us have anything against justice or equal opportunity. Okay, but you're gaslighting the country about oppressed black members of society. In a country that not only elected a black president not once but twice— despite the fact that he wasn't terribly good at the job. Don't be thick, all right? But the point is, Barack Obama won with overwhelming support from the white community. Overwhelming support. Blowouts in both elections. Were we all taking a prescription drug that wore off, we forgot to renew it, and we all became racist the next morning? No. But getting past Barack Obama's election is the point of the NBA itself. It is a league that's over 85% black with an average annual salary of about $5.5 million. Now, as a society, okay, if we were overwhelmingly racist, the economics wouldn't be there to actually support 
what's going on in the league. You are correct, sir. Okay, and again, it's not me saying there aren't three racist guys out there somewhere in society, but the vast, 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 vast majority of this country is so far along on race now and is in lockstep agreement that there's only one race, it being the human race. I can tell you that as a former New York City cab driver who talks to the most diverse swath of society imaginable. When we integrated, okay, way back when and went through the growing pains of living amongst each other for the first time ever, in a lot of ways we eradicated racism, not only because we didn't accept it as a society anymore, but because we came to learn about each other. Okay, racism is a byproduct of ignorance. When you don't know a culture, you don't understand it, you develop a fear in some instances. You develop a resentment. But what happened is integrating us like we did allowed everybody to realize we all had the same needs. Okay, at the end of the day, your skin color could be anything you want it to be, but we all want to get paid and we all want to get laid. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But here is Shannon Sharp. And again, I qualify this. These comments make more sense when you realize his middle name is Ain't. Clip 41. Can you tell dumb, dumb politics has always been in sports? <laughs> Ali! Mm. Jack Johnson! Yeah. Go back in history of the time. Politics have always been in store. sports. Jesse Owens! Mm. You remember Phil when he played basketball for the New York Knicks? Yes. You know what he was? Mm-hmm. I hit, he I was hit an me. angry young man, anti-establishment. Anti-war. Yep. Oh, but all of a sudden now. Dabbled in mind-altering drugs. Now all of a sudden now. Yep. Mm-hmm. It turns him off. He's like, they're trying to, they're trying to, what do you say, trying to appeal to an audience? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed this, Phil, mm. but like 75, 80% <laughs> of the NBA players. I think he noticed. The yeah. audience, mm-hmm. they watch it. Huh? They didn't need to appeal to Bill. What would you do with a brain if you had one? So to the point he made really quick, he says, oh, politics has always been in sports. Ali, Jack Johnson, Jesse Owens. Great. Okay, and for any of those three things he cited, was the ring emblazoned with activism slogans? The answer would be no. Were they wearing it on the back of their jerseys or their trunks? The answer would be no. Would it be in every single commercial between rounds? The answer would be no. We're not talking about athletes taking political stands. Phil Jackson is specifically talking about the league, about woke corporate activism being everywhere in the game, every commercial break, on the court, on the field, in the end zone, on the jersey. And him having an opinion on it, okay, and getting the blowback that he's gotten is not reflective of them being tolerant or them being okay with politics because he's not even espousing right-wing politics. He's just calling for none at all, and they're trying to pillory the guy like he showed up in a Klan robe. It's embarrassing. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. I feel like I just walked out of the locker room, getting ready to fight Emily Campagno. (laughs) the heavyweight championship of Fox News. It is Fox Across America, the human happy hour. Emily Campagno back in studio, a new job title for Emily. In addition to Outnumbered Co-Host, a show whose ratings are soaring, I might add. Congratulations. Uh, The Fox True Crime podcast, also flying off shelves. Uh, You are also now my fashion consultant for this Uh. week. 
for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. That's right. Do you understand that I ran my options through you and not even the wardrobe department? (laughs) I gave Manny a couple of options, and he just quit. (laughs) He was like, you know what? No. No. He's like, I can't do this anymore. But uh, whatever you guys see me wearing on the red carpet, or I don't know, Saturday night when I'm on live with Lawrence Jones reporting from the dinner, Emily played a role in that. Are you prepared to co-sign this on national TV? Yes. You know why, everyone? Because the alternative to that was the exact same color that he wore no, last year. No, it wasn't. Season. Hold on a second. Just everyone listen. Okay, let's have this conversation. Last year, I wore a very snazzy white tuxedo jacket with like a nice black piping on the lapel. Slick. Yes, most people thought I was a waiter, <laughs> but that made it easier for me to go places. I could get backstage. I could get anywhere I wanted to get in a pinch, okay? This year, I was going to go with one of my um, Motown numbers, and it was a satin uh, ivory jacket with a big black uh, shawl lapel. It was a much different look, but you claim the colors are too samey? You guys, everything that you just said is correct. Okay. However, for all intents and purposes, if you wear a white dress to the same event two years in a row, if you wear a black dress to the same Uh event two years in a row, even if you're like, oh, but but that last one had sleeves and Uh this has a piping, it's the same color, man. Ivory is white, white is ivory, whatever. And what she's trying to say is, Jimmy Fallon, everyone knows all eyes are on you. That's right. That's what you're saying. People will keep scoring. Yeah, that's what you're saying. You don't realize it, but in a roundabout way, you're like, you're the man, Jimmy Fallon. When you guys see Take the that. color that he's wearing this Saturday, you will be like, yes, Emily was right. <laughs> it looks phenomenal. It's amazing. Why blend yeah. it? Why look when, like, I when, mean. When you see Jimmy get tased on the red carpet <laughs> by the head of wardrobe. The funniest thing ever that totally belies how you and I are constantly, like, bewildered at our circumstances. Like, how did they let us in? Yeah. Is to that point last year when I... We will not ever say who, mm-hmm. but I mistook a congressman for a server. Yes. Um, and just remember when I gestured to him and I was like, oh, he can help us. Like, and you were like, really, Emily? Can he? Can he, can he do it with legislation? Because that's not a waiter. So when gonna, you're asking for more wine, that's not who you ask. Is he going to pass a bill oh, to get more dinner rolls? I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. We, we apologize, Jim Jordan. I'm kidding. It wasn't him. <laughs> it was not him. Uh, no, of course. Emily Campagna is in the studio. We're having a grown-up talk. <laughs> We're going down to D.C. We're going down to the swamp, girlfriend. Yeah, we We're going to see some other media members. It's going to be a mess. Uh, and we're also going to talk, as I would imagine everyone there is going to talk, about the Fox News True Crime Podcast. Mm. What's going on this week? This week, such an exciting episode. So this one is really fascinating. I talk with a former federal prosecutor who is still an attorney. He was a state prosecutor. Uh, but he prosecuted the federal case of George Avila Torres. Mm-hmm. And what was fascinating about that case is essentially, long story short, um, a poor woman was murdered uh, who had been serving in the military. Before that, two young girls were brutally murdered in Ooh. Illinois. And it wasn't until, however, that George Avila Torres was arrested and charged with attempted assault of two young women in Virginia that DNA linked him to all of those crimes. Wow. And the interesting part is that in that particular state at the time, they only collected DNA Uh, Before he was convicted, it was upon arrest. And that was novel at the time. Yeah, that was. So think about like a a once in a lifetime thing that happens, a very rare thing that happens that all of a sudden blows wide open a series of cases. And you realize you don't have an attempted assaulter on your hands, you have a serial killer. Wow. What happens next is unbelievable, as told through the mouth and the experience of the federal prosecutor. It's amazing. You don't want to miss it. And it's Emily Campagna. So you get to hang out with Emily. Mm 
Fox True Crime. It's like its own Scooby-Doo episode. You're riding along in the mystery <laughs> machine. You're solving crimes. And you get to see. I, I love watching you in, like, you know, legal mode. You know, because I know you as, like, day drinker mode. So it's like once in a while when you have to, when I see Clark Kent take off the suit and put on the Superman cape, you're like, wow, Clark, <laughs> Clark, you fast. You're used to me in yeah. sweatpants. Yeah. I know, asking for more meatballs. But yeah. once Come in a while, you know, I got to put on my turn. Every on. once in a while, we play the wrestling music lead in. She throws on the tights and gets back into the <laughs> ring and defends that title. You've defended it well. Um, I will see you on the red carpet. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing, guys. I'm basically your chaperone because I have to go on the air, which means I can't drink till I'm done. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I'm kidding. Back after this. <laughs> uh, get her out. Get her out of here. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, I got to correct this next guest because he heard Brass Monkey. Yeah. He goes, cool. oh, no, they're playing the Beastie Boys. And I was wrong? It's 2023. It's the Beastie Dems. Oh. They're canceled. <laughs> you boys. Hey, what are you talking about? Hymns? Yeah, the, be- <laughs> the Beastie Persons are playing Brass Monkey. <laughs> Jason Chaffetz in the house, former Utah congressman, superstar Fox News contributor. Hey, man. Hey. What a day. Uh, we get a Biden sequel. You know how they say everything in Hollywood gets a sequel these days? Literally everything. Whether the audience wants it or not, 70% of well, the moviegoers were like, no. And evidently they filmed the, the you know, they filmed it at the same time because it was all on tape, right? You yes. know how they taped two movies at once? Uh, yeah. They typed, they must have taped that before. They double shot the episode is what they did, Jason Chaffetz. And what's so amazing about it is... You know, there's commentary about the fact that he didn't relaunch his campaign in front of, like, a big audience. But getting past that, okay, even in the video, he was minimized. He's not really in the video. It's like a Where's Waldo. He's turned into a soft talker along the way. Yeah. Did you hear that, too? That that jumped out of Kill Me. I was on Fox and Friends this morning. He's like, I couldn't even hear him. Yeah, it's like... Low energy, Joe. <laughs> and, like, and that's with all of Hollywood cranking them up. Well, to I was just going like... to say, you want to know why they went with that cadence? Because I'm not making joking. It's sometimes it's hard to get anyone to record like an audio book or a voiceover. Do you know how many takes they had to go through to get him to read those sentences? <laughs> There's a reason the slogan is finish the job. Well, it's... he's not on the screen for any more than 10 seconds but at a time. But even so, he's like, our freedoms are under attack. I'm like, yeah, by you, vaccine guy. <laughs> <laughs> by you, no school choice guy. Uh, a lot of choice being taken away, but yeah, they're like, ah, oh, the it's country. unbelievable. Yeah, the slow Joe. Yep. I mean, what is the deliverable? Uh, honestly, I know you know we hear things like job creation, as we know has been job recovery under this administration. You know, they fraudulently yeah, right, claim right. they created twelve million jobs. If Jenny throws me out of the house. And I get to move back in a week later when I get the glitter off my face. Yeah. I didn't get a new house. I'm back in the same house. But they frame that as job creation. I COVID know. threw you out of your job. Pres- when you got allowed back into the office, like, oh, you got a new job. No, you didn't. Presidents always take too much credit and probably get too much blame Fair. for the economy. They don't create jobs. They're real people, My Americans create jobs, not Thank the government. You. Thank you. You didn't build that. Well, for a guy who spent so much time bashing Obama. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Chaffetz, going full Obama, I kid. Jason Chaffetz in the house. Here's another thing, though. I am not fully convinced, and I don't think anybody is. You know there's a song by Cake, He's Going the Distance. 
He's, he's going, going the, the distance. distance. I don't the know that everyone's. Racer, yeah. I don't know that everyone's convinced Biden's going the distance in this campaign. Is Newsom still getting manicures and pedicures right now? Oh yeah, he's you know he's getting he's polishing up that mirror, the one that he looks in and says, "Yeah, hello, <laughs> good morning, Mister <laughs> President." Everything. He come on. Here's my wild prediction, just uh-huh. based on political gut and pure guessing. I don't think it's a coincidence that Susan Rice dropped out of the White House uh, staff mm-hmm. 24 hours before he announces the reelection. Yeah. Um, she's got deep ties to Joe Biden. They changed the primary. So the first state up, South, South Carolina, Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. The Congressional Ca- Black Caucus, uh, James Clyburn. The Clyburn put, fish fry they, is what he's they, hoping to wrap they push this up on. This. Yep. And, and so. I look at that and say, I think Kamala Harris obviously is going to be in that mix. You you potentially have Susan Rice, and you definitely have Gavin Newsom. Robert Kennedy is, is going nowhere. Yep. Um, but I don't think Joe Biden makes it through the end of the year as a candidate. I think at some point he says, you know what, we I'm out. our heart was in the right place. It was getting awkward that he hadn't announced re-election, uh, but he doesn't want to be a lame duck. So you extend that out till. January. That's a really brilliant piece of analysis. That uh, you know what's why you <laughs> maybe or maybe the stupidest no, no, thing no, we've no, ever heard. No, <laughs> no, no. But we'll roll is, back the tape. But folks. it is an Give angle. It a stamp right now. It is an angle that makes sense to me because I have been saying uh, I thought he wasn't going to run, but he was just prolonging that announcement because he didn't want to, you know, go into lame duck right. mode. But you just like you just bought himself more time is basically what he yeah, might he have potentially did. Yeah, bought himself like did. seven months. Yeah, because again, it was done via video, Chavis. <laughs> it was not a. It's not a campaign rollout. Do you think you could get you know six hundred people in a high school gym? In Ooh. I, I don't think he could. Well, listen, if you only need three hundred of them, if to it was be, mandatory, you only need three. You better do it before the end of the school year. You need half of them to be real because he sees invisible people. So if you can get 300 to show up, he'll give you the 600 in his head, and now you're good. (laughs) He'll perform for 600 and shake hands with some of them, too, which is nice. Yeah, and he can tell you stories about, you know, life with kids in the pool. Oh, man, isn't it such a mess? Uh, We're talking to Jason (laughs) Chaffetz. I played some of these clips earlier. Let me play you a few. Did you hear the one where he spells the letter eight? Yes. Number eight. That is a very clever way to do it. A. This is what I want you to hear. This is what I love about this, okay? Just when I play this clip. Yes. At the end, he repeats the word fully spelled like it's a spelling bee. Yes. <laughs> with the confidence of a kid who got it right. Take it away, Justin. But you have, we have a thousand billionaires in America. Mm. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight, E I G H percent. Eight percent. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. I mean, eight. E-I-G-H. Come on. Where's the media on this one? Dan Quayle could That's what's killing me. Potato, potato. They got 20 years out of Dan Quayle not spelling potato. I'm saying it right, yeah. They got Bush pronouncing nuclear. <laughs> years, decades, okay? The dereliction China. of duty. Yes, China. The dereliction of duty by the media, and to be clear, late night comedy. Yeah. If I ever wind up doing a late night comedy show, and you don't know, with between the blackmail and the extortion plots I've hatched up, I could get yeah, it. You don't yeah. know. Oh, I, okay. You believe me, but I promise you, liberals would watch the pants off of it because you just make it funny. Your job as a late night comic is not to be an activist. It's just there's funny stuff happening everywhere. And if you can universally agree on this is funny, that's a big step towards helping the country. 
Right now, we have like this divergence in thought. Well, it's not funny to go after Joe Biden. He's an older president. Right. Oh, oh, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. That's what made Johnny Carson and Jay Leno so great because Carson would go after everybody equally. It didn't matter if you did something silly, you were going to hear about it. Dude, not only that, but we actually co signed Genesis, which wasn't even an American band singing Land of Confusion about Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Well, they had the claymation video where he hits the nuke button instead of the nurse button and wipes out the planet. And we all laughed because it was just funny. It was claymation and it was stupid. Yeah, it was Mr. Bill. It was, yeah. But somewhere along the line, they started conflating jokes with, like, activism. And they just started to conflate racism and everything in between. It's so not true. Like, I was just in Jersey this weekend. I give a little speech off the top of my show. Like, hey, hey, this is throwback Thursday. We're going back to the 80s where these are just jokes. Right. I, I may offend everybody at some point in a perfect world. Yeah. I'm like, but I don't mean it. And you have to just shake my hand on this intellectually because the country's doomed if we can't do that. You know? Yeah, you know, I went. I actually went to a Jeff Foxworthy concert the other wow, day. Wow, that's funny. Yes. He's a nice guy, by the way. You know, but he's, he started his, his, uh, his show by just coming out and very seriously just said, listen, we've all been cooped up, okay? I just want to laugh. We've all gone through hard things. I'm not here to offend anybody, mm-hmm. but for the next hour and a half, we just set everything aside. Just, just laugh. Like <laughs> I'm not here to offend anybody. It was the same thing. Yeah, really. And it's kind of sad that he even has to say that yeah, yeah. and set it up. Well, but I do it for a different reason. Like it, it looks like I'm servicing the crowd and being mindful of the situation we're we're living in. And we all know that. No, no. I'm just. I'm. <laughs> I'm an, a straight comedic arsonist. I'm there to burn it down. Screw these people. <laughs> But I love uh, Foxworthy. I remember when I was a little kid when I first started watching him, you know, when he'd do like the You Might Be a Redneck. He's yeah, like, yeah. He's like, if you and your wife have a toothpick in your wedding photo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he does have some great lines yeah, along the years. If you're watching a TV that's on top of a TV that doesn't work <laughs> anymore. It was a TV in the 80s. It was so funny. He is a nice guy. Larry, Larry the Cable Guy is also known as a, a profoundly nice guy. And uh, Ron White, I liked a lot. I loved those guys. They were really funny guys. Yeah, comedy's just fun. And Thank I, you. I, I like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, fun. You, you need you, outlets. You need outlets, you know, to just unplug, you know, just kind of, you know, how. And we were talking about this earlier with sports. The reason I say things like stay in your lane is I'm not denying anyone their First Amendment rights. It's just the fact that certain things give us common culture. We have very little common culture, you know. Right. 55 million people used to watch the Oscars. So I would venture to say a good percentage of them were Republican. Okay. The Oscars get about 8 million viewers now. Right. Which means we've lost common culture for a lot of people. Yeah. NBA ratings are the same way. So yeah. it's like you'd rather see sports, comedy, and even Hollywood serve its purpose in giving us a healthy distraction and like a unifying yeah. point. You know, everything is political. Everything doesn't need to be political. I don't go to a ball game because I want to, you know, or watch a TV commercial because I want to have some politically correct. It it just it does drive me nuts. It's it's insane. I mean, and uh, now imagine you finally the one thing you do to get away from all of this is buy a six pack of beer. (laughs) <laughs> you walk into the freezer and Dylan Mulvaney's on the can. You're like, Yikes. no. <laughs> and I think that's the part they misread the tea leaves on is it's like they're trying to frame this as like we're mad at trans people. No, they just they people drink beer when the work is done. And you just you're gonna detach. They we're just gonna, want to have a good time, watch gonna, a game, we're chill out, cut the umbilical cord of responsibility. Yes, yes exactly. we're in the yard now. People are in flip flops. 
okay? There's Frisbees involved. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's happy time, and that's where I think people feel betrayed. So I think if, if there was anything you could do to actually, like, help the world, that's where I think comedy has a good healing power if it's properly deployed. It's still a little too activist for my taking, you know, but I think yeah. there's hope. Like, I'll give you an example, okay? This is interesting. Last Wednesday, okay, I'm filling in for Gutfeld. Tom Shalhoub's on the show doing Joe Biden. He does a phenomenal Joe Biden. He does. He does. And as I'm sitting there on the set watching him do Joe Biden, I'm thinking back to when The Tonight Show came to the East Coast in 2014. Jimmy Fallon was brought The Tonight Show from L.A. back to the East Coast. The, they did a big feature in the Daily News that me and Shalhoub were in as New York City comics talking about the significance of The Tonight Show coming back to New York for the comedy community. Wow, this is a big deal. Okay. That was our take. Fast forward this many years, we were beating The Tonight Show the other night with Michelle wow. Obama wow. by about 800,000 viewers. That the is mind-blowing. But think of how much late-night comedy. I mean, you could say we might be doing a good job, but I don't even want the credit. The point is this wouldn't even be a conversation if they didn't commit the unforced error they did. Yeah. which was to embrace activism. They had a monopoly. When the Tonight Show debuted, it had 10 million viewers, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it did. It did. It had a, it, it everybody huge. watched it. Uh-huh. And if you didn't watch it, you heard about it. Yep. And that was even before, you know, there were YouTube videos and clips yep. and Instagram and everything else. Mm-hmm. It, it, but that, that was the escape. Yep. And it, But it was genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. It was self-deprecating at times. You would take a hit, yep. you know, yeah, what, you on your political But it was funny. Yep. And now, well, that's the thing. Well, you know what they did to Jimmy Fallon? And I feel bad for this. But um, they kind of pistol-whipped him into being a social justice warrior. Because if you remember, he was killing Colbert in the ratings. When Colbert launched, he was on the verge of getting fired because CBS had the Super Bowl. They gave Colbert a lead-in on Super Bowl Sunday, and nobody watched that either because they just didn't like the partisan thing. Right. But then Trump came down the escalator, and everyone in the entertainment industry became an activist. And they turned on Jimmy Fallon because, if you remember, he had Trump on. Yeah. The network Trump was on for 14 years. Right, right, And everybody right, yeah. reacted like, how dare you put him on NBC, the <laughs> network where he just was for 14 years. They treated it like this weird anomaly and like Fallon went rogue. He was the highest rated host on NBC for 14 years. And they tried to treat it like it was like a breakthrough case. You know what I mean? Like we've yeah. never seen Trump on NBC. I'm like, what do you mean? So anyway, he got such a blowback from the mob that Fallon abandoned the variety format and went from this is the goofy feel-good show hosted by a lovable alcoholic who does good song parodies to I guess I'm Stephen Colbert now. And away they went. That's, and that's why we can't I, have nice I, things. Yeah. You it's put crazy. that in good context. That, that's yeah. actually how it went down. If you remember, Trump let him mess up his hair. Yeah, I And do. they said, oh, he normalized hate by doing that. And it's, this is the one fascinating thing I want to ask you. Because I know politics can be very transactional. Okay. But if – we are to believe from the NBCs of the world, from the, the the View was a show Trump was on a lot. Oprah was a show Trump was on a lot. Yeah. The Clintons were people who hung yeah. out with Trump. So if we are to believe Trump coming down the escalator meant he was literally Hitler, doesn't that make everybody else literally Goebbels if they were ride or die <laughs> with the guy for 20 years and now they just punted? It's like this idea that there was this surprise Trump. So was that like purely, uh, you know, a calculating politically expedient thing for people to do, or did they genuinely believe it? I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, all the, the you know, Trump's going to start all these wars. He's mm-hmm. going to do this. He's going to do that. It was a very safe time in America. Yeah. Crime was going down. The uh-huh. economy is doing better. You know, it, it 
all the metrics, all the foreshadowing that they had was just flat out wrong. And I think they partly believed that. But I also think they they love the power of the White House. They do, right? It's, During it's, the Clinton years, they got really used to that. that was, <laughs> Did they ever? That was fun. Yeah, they were having a nice time, weren't they, Chaffetz? Party um, time. Yes, it was. Hey, girl. Uh, I'm going to keep my comments G-rated for the rest of the segment. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm just laughing. Jason Chaffetz. We must be in the last it. 30 seconds no, here, no, Jimmy. Gonna... That's... <laughs> Not at all. I laugh. Um, no, but I really, because I really think about the moment we're living in, and I think because they incentivized outrage, it's made it hard for lib- liberal comics. Okay, a good example is it's harder to be, if you're going to be an activist comedian, it's hard, okay, for you to be fun if your party isn't. Do you follow that? Like yeah. So a good example of this is when the Republicans took back the House, they voted, If remember there was that measure to allow cigars back into the House? Okay. Right. The Republicans voted against, excuse me, the Democrats voted against cigars in the House. This is a party that 20 years earlier was okay with cigars in the interns. So think about that. <laughs> good night, everybody! I got you, Javits! I got you! I was He's so like, glad oh, he's so on that one. He was reeling me in. Oh, look at Jimmy cleaned up his act. He's a whole new man. You stop it, Jason Chaffetz. <laughs> I should have known better. There it is. <laughs> Back after this. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone! 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on the radio. I'll be doing it tonight on the TV as well. In the 6 p.m. hour, I am on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. And then in the 8 p.m. hour, I will be on with Brian Kilmeade, who is hosting the newly hemmed Fox News tonight uh, in the absence of Tucker Carlson, who is no longer with the network. I'm sure you guys have read all about that. And everybody always, like, checks in on Twitter, like, hey, you know, what's the matter? You're not allowed to talk about it. We talk about it. We don't have a lot of detail to offer you uh, other than, you know, I was on that show a good amount when Tucker hosted it. And I will hopefully continue to be on it, uh, whoever winds up being the permanent host of it. And whoever is nice enough to book me, I'm just showing up and throwing the fastball. You dig? I got here from a New York City taxi. And the way you pull that off is by, well, number one, getting the authorities to overlook all the vehicular homicides. But number two, whatever opportunity somebody hands you, you just do the out of that job, whatever it is. Oh, you're writing for a show? You get out there and you write the out of that job. Oh, you're hosting a radio show? You get out there and you host the out of that job. It's the same thing with TV. Somebody's nice enough to throw me on, going to suck in my gut and try to make it funny. That's what we're going to do tonight at 8 o'clock. There's not a hell of a whole lot else we can add to that uh, other than, you know, this is obviously an insane time for us, you know, knowing he was the highest rated host on the channel. But we are not the brain trust, okay? We're just the people getting on the air, you know, giving you our best analysis that we have to offer on a given subject, hopefully a couple of laughs to go through it, and in the process doing everything we can to hold this country together. That's the one common thread When it comes to Fox News, when it comes to Fox Across America, is our side is America. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. No, man. Live from everywhere USA, 
It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, former New York City cab driver, six-time Super Bowl champion, if we're counting PlayStation. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. Well, we're about to wise up in this hour. Brian Brenberg, host of The Big Money Show, econ professor at the King's College, stops by to join Joe Manchin in throwing the challenge flag at the Inflation Reduction Act, a bill that will ultimately cause higher inflation through more government spending. That is financial lunacy. Ah, good old Stuart Varney. I was on with Varney this morning uh, on the Fox Business Network. Tonight, I will be on the Fox Business Network on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. I will also be on in the 8 p.m. hour. Brian Kilmeade uh, is on in place of Tucker this week as Fox tries to come up with a full-time replacement. Uh, the only thing we're really saying, like, we're not allowed. It's funny. People tweeted at me, like, you can't talk about Tucker. Um, everybody here liked working with Tucker, loved doing his show, uh, and are thankful for the opportunity and the exposure and everything that came along with all of that. And right now in this moment, we don't really know a lot other than we're wishing everyone involved, I mean, the absolute best allowable by law. I'm basically just firing good vibes into the universe out of a T-shirt gun right now. But I think collectively we're all in a little bit of a state of a shock, but, you know, kind of countered and tethered to the reality that we all have a job to do. you got to get on the air and host your radio show. you got to get on the air and host your TV show. Or in my instance, you know, get on the air and host a radio show and bop around the TV and... You know, try not to eat my way out of a job. You know how I get with the food. Put that cookie down now! But uh, it is. It is a crazy time. If there are new details that are shareable, I always share them. That's my job, man. I'm your radio buddy. I'm not here to withhold information. I'm here to figure it all out. This is very much, as we always say, uh, America's family meeting. The reason this show has grown as exponentially as it has is because I'm not the star. We are. Like if you were any at any of these sold out comedy shows over the weekend or you've been following me around the country on the road, you know, we have like a really special thing going on where I even do a big Q&A at the end of an hour of stand up where we can ask me anything and we can talk about what's going on. Because I feel like the only way to really help the country, and this is where my radio show comes in, is to get people back to this place, okay, where we can exchange uh, a good, you know, a good faith exchange of ideas. We can engage in a good faith exchange of ideas where we don't have to agree, but we do have to respect the fact that as this country goes, all of us go with it. So just screaming at people who disagree with you politically, it's not really a fix. That's why I don't like activist talk radio, because you're not preaching to the choir, you're screaming at them. And then you're telling them to buy your book or whatever the hell else you're endorsing. And I don't know that that's always productive for the country. So I get on the air, and I'm really just trying to, all I'm trying to do, it's so funny, is do you remember the phrase, we can agree to disagree? We used to do that. Well, he's a Republican. I'm a Democrat. We agree to disagree. Let's get a beer. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now politics has reduced everybody to a fat screaming child at their birthday party. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. I want him out of here. Mom, <laughs> he's not allowed to play musical chairs. He's not getting pizza. I don't like what he did. Like, that's what we're doing now. And it's so stupid. Okay, understand, guys, politicians work for us. We are supposed to be the employers. We send them to Washington to do our bidding. And the God's honest truth is they ain't doing our bidding. That is correct. Okay, they're in a perpetual fight for power. 
that prioritizes their well-being above all else in this country. This is politics as usual. It really is. And I don't want to further that by just screaming at everyone to vote Republican and using whatever minimal amount of talent the good Lord has blessed me with, you know, for activism. I'd rather use it for inactivism, you know, a place where everybody can just downshift and we can have these discussions and figure out what the best way forward is without trying to annihilate the people who disagree. Okay, because somewhere along the line, you know, we really did blur in radio, and it kills me as a cab driver who listened to so much talk radio to kind of try to keep his sanity. But we really did blur the line between activist and talk show host. And I think it happened because of Rush Limbaugh. And I don't mean he was the bad guy. I mean he was the good guy. I mean Rush was so profoundly talented as both an entertainer and a political commentator that a lot of people wanted to ape his style but didn't have the flair for entertainment that he did, didn't have the flair for intimate camaraderie. You know, I always say radio is a buddy cop movie. You get in the car and you hear a new partner's voice coming out of the speaker and you've got to decide whether or not you can ride along with that guy and fight crime every day or if you've got to ask the Sarge for a transfer, in which case would be you changing the station. Well, people found Rush Limbaugh to be such good company in their proverbial radio cop car, that he had the biggest radio audience the world will ever see. And along the way, people hoping to duplicate that success doubled down on the political commentary, on what some people would conflate as political activism, and didn't realize that he was just a profoundly gifted entertainer who cared so deeply about his country and was always sharing his honest opinion. And that's what made his show so magnetic, is it was a guy you enjoyed who was giving you a good faith take on the world. And somewhere along the lines, everybody started seeing this as well. You know, Rush is kind of shaping trends now because his show is so popular. And he was shaping trends. And it's true. And he deserved to be shaping them because so many people agreed with the depth and the wisdom he was distilling. But because everybody wanted to duplicate that success, they thought the key to his reach was the activist bent of the show. It was that people loved the guy. People thought the guy was funny, and people thought he had a perspective, you know, that gave him a unique view of the world. Like I always say as a cab driver, you get to see society from an angle a proctologist sees a patient from. It's not always the best look. I got to be honest with you. It's really not. Fine. Fine. Okay, but you do get to know society in a way that helps you deal with it and offer it an angle and a perspective that just might solve some of the problems. Spend less time fighting and more time going out for ice cream. So there you go. And what I think happened a lot to radio along the way is everybody wanted to be rushed. Why wouldn't you? I guess, you know, given the success of the guy. Talent on loan from God, as he would say. And I've told you this a thousand times on the show. I don't have talent on loan from God. I have a dude named Jesus who sells stolen flat screen TVs in the Bronx. True story. He's actually still in business right now. Uh, But the point is, in radio, I'm trying to create a place where you can come at angles from 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 a perspective that would actually help even if you're a Democrat. Which brings me back to this Joe Manchin story. Last night I was on Hannity. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Cross America Facebook page. Joe Manchin was on before me. And basically he was telling Sean 
that the Democratic Party and the Biden administration as a whole broke its word on the Inflation Reduction Act in pursuit of a radical climate agenda. Now, if Joe Biden, uh, Joe Manchin was paying attention, if he was paying attention out of the gate, he would have known they were breaking their word because they never gave it in the first place. Okay, they called the bill the Inflation Reduction Act and then ran out and sold it as the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. What a fraud. Think about that. And why did they do it? Because climate change is not a priority for rank and file Americans the way it is for Democrats who are making cash hand over fist by telling you that the world is going to end. Money, 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 money. Oh, the money they're making. Every single speech, that's what they do. John Kerry flies in a private jet, doesn't adhere to any of his climate change guidelines, and then tells you the world's going to end and passes around the collection plate. We're all going to die, so fly coach. Please give us money. And he flies away in a private jet. And he flies over to Europe in a private jet. We're all going to die. we got to capture a mission. So fly, coach, take the train. Please give us money. And then he flies home in a private jet. Okay, but here we are when it comes to the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the biggest fraud we've ever seen. They couldn't pass a climate bill under the name Climate Bill. So they had to co-sign it. They had to get inflation to co-sign it. Just like every other climate initiative they're trying to pass, they talk to you about racial justice. Well, we got to spend this climate money because it's disproportionately harming people of color, you see. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. That's what it is. It's either racist or we're all going to die. And then they're like, vote for me because the Republicans are fear mongers. But anyway, okay, the Inflation Reduction Act was scored by the Congressional Budget Office. And it was found to have... Zero impact on inflation in the short term, but a five-year impact that would ultimately bring it up incrementally higher. But along the way, they wanted you to believe all of this was fine because the Inflation Reduction Act has got climate change tucked into it and it's going to save the planet. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But here is Joe Manchin, okay, who voted for a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act, knowing it didn't address inflation. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Okay, but here he is now, wanting to say, oh, hell no! Democrats went out and gave me a bum steer on this bill. You know, time was, a guy could pass a bill under a fake name and he'd keep his word. Which is not true. But here is Manchin, okay, just shooting his... <laughs> I, I don't know how you'd call I don't know how you'd act, actually characterize this you know when there's like a, a movie premiere and they get the spotlights out front that whole thing he's broadcasting his incompetence to the world for all to see clip 29 well I can't tell you why but I can t- tell you one thing I've done everything I can to say that this is a responsibility this is his job this is a responsibility of the leader of the free world and definitely of the United States uh, president uh, he has to negotiate this is what we're all about we're the greatest deliberate body in the world, and that means you have to sit down and work, negotiate, come out with differences. If Kevin McCarthy is able to pass his legislation and send it to the Senate, there's a lot of good things in there that I know we can work with, and there's a lot of things I don't agree with. But you have to be able to start negotiations. So, you know, we got to negotiate. This isn't good. But now we go to the energy independent comment. This is the money comment, clip 30. We're not even energy independent ourselves. 
you cannot remain and be the superpower of the world unless you have energy independence and energy security. We have the gas, we have the oil, we have the coal. We can do it better and cleaner than anywhere in the world. And so this piece of legislation was balanced. Ten years that we're going to have the, enough uh, fossil to run our country and to help our allies around the world. And we also be investing in the new technology for the future. Now, they have, they've disregarded that completely, what was uh, agreed upon, and they know exactly what we agreed upon. This was energy security, and you have not heard the word energy security out of their mouth since it was passed. It's all about environment. Whoa, you heard that? You have not heard a word about energy security. It's all about the environment. And why is that the case? Every one of these bills, every single one of them, this matters. Okay, when it comes to climate change, climate change is the new religion in the Democratic Party. The first thing they did when Biden got into office is they made him sign an executive order killing the Keystone Energy Pipeline, something that sacrificed 10,000 American jobs at the altar of environmental virtue signaling. Now understand, those pipelines move the fuel a lot cleaner than truck and rail. Have you been paying attention to the trains under Pete Booty Judge? Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Okay. Spilling all over the country. Pipelines were actually cleaner. Pipelines are actually safer. But they got rid of that in the name of, you know, the, oh, we've got to help out the environment. Okay, they passed, yes, an Inflation Reduction Act with not a single solitary concern on lowering inflation. Joe Manchin voted for that. And now says he's duped because they didn't keep their other promises in the bill. Dude, if they're lying about the title, they're lying about what's in it. That's why we all thought it was so laughable when they trotted out James Taylor on the White House lawn so he could sing about inflation reduction as the deficit was going up. This whole bill was always a scam. And if anything, Joe Manchin's just feeling guilty because he had to know it then because the bill was passed under a different name. If I have a bill called free beer and strippers, guess what I don't call it? Inflation reduction, climate change. I call it free beer and strippers. Why? Because those things would be popular. Bingo. Stock market was falling, but there was Joe on the lawn Saying the bill they passed would help me and you But inflation is soaring, and my savings are gone Joe can't remember who he's talking to Joe's a liar and he's insane Spend sunny days in the basement with no friends He's seen Hunter's crimes but the press won't cover them And he's shaking hands with invisible men It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries.
There it is. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Brian Brenberg. He is the co-host of The Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. Hey, girl. Uh, and he is taking a look inside the economy. Why? Because Biden launching a re-election campaign earlier in the day. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Well, he's doing it. I don't know what to tell you. It's the dumbest thing you ever heard of, Red Fox, but he's doing it. Get out of here and take your mother with you. Okay, fine. Uh, but KJP was asked, speaking of dumb ideas, why nobody is following Biden's lead on the economy. Here's Peter Ducey talking to KJP, clip 31. 69% of people polled by CNBC say they have a negative view of the economy. President Biden talks about the economy all the time. What? He talks Why about people oh. <clears throat> He talks about the economy all the time because he wants the American people to know that he's doing everything that he can to make sure that he's that his policies that he's put forward that has shown that he's building an economy that doesn't leave anybody behind. It builds an economy from the bottom up, middle out. And he also talks about the economy. And when you hear him talk about the economy, he talks about how he's prioritizing making sure that we lower inflation. And that is where the pe- American people are meeting them where uh, they are. He's going to continue that to have that conversation beyond he understands how important that is uh, for Americans American families and so he'll never shy away from that I know you're reading a poll right now that is one poll uh, but he's not going to stop talking about what the American people really care about which is what what are we doing here uh, to make sure that we are addressing the issues and the concerns that they have don't change the subject just answer the question (laughs) 69% of people polled say they have a negative view of the economy. Why? President Biden talks about the economy all the time. Why don't people buy it? Well, the thing about the economy is it's economic, and, you know, President Biden's a president. And when it gets. Oh, shut up, woman. They don't really have an answer. 70% of the American people don't want this guy to run again. He just launched a re-election bid. I'm not kidding. You're standing on the beach soaked, just got out of the lifeboat, and they're like, hey, you want to go back on the Titanic? We're taking another cruise. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What you have, we have a 1,000 billionaires in America. You know the average tax rate they pay? I love how he says it like it's the script spelling bee. (laughs) He spells the word and then he repeats it at the end like it's the script spelling bee (laughs) and gets it wrong. And joining us now with his red pen out, he's an econ professor at the King's College. He is the host of the Big Money Show. Can you use that in a sentence, please? What is the tax rate that billionaires pay? 8%. E-I-G-H. Eight. It's a- you can sum up America in just one word. <laughs> I show it to him and her. They remember, that was the greatest one. This is the greatest one. When you talk about the inspirational speakers of our time. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've the Martin Luther King, obviously. Yeah, I have a dream. Yeah. It's so iconic. You know, you can't. You really, I'm not even kidding. That, that speech is so iconic that you actually can't play it. Like even on Martin Luther King Day. They, I'm not even kidding. The, the clips are embargoed. Really? It's like it's the same thing like the Olympic theme song. You know, networks yeah. can't play it besides NBC. Wow. It's that iconic. But right there with it, is this not right there with it? I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international under pressure. I mean, dude, was there a dry eye in the house? 
when he promised to lead an effective strategy. The thing about it is it, it makes you think. You know, it just really <laughs> makes you think. You're like, you know what? I never thought of it that way. You know who it made it think? The sign language interpreter. <laughs> About a new job. He thought. He thought long and hard about a new. Imagine now. You're the sign language guy, okay? And Jenny can sign, and Jenny teaches in special needs kids, and it's, you know we have great respect for this. But now humorously put yourself in this man's position. You've got to communicate this. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Do you shrug? Like, seriously, do you shrug? Like, is there a signal for shrugging? Do you pull a flask out of your sport coat? Because you probably have one if you're signing for this guy every day. I mean, Joe Biden is stumping signing. That's one where you, you kind of like you fake a sneeze or something. You know, you're just like, I'm, <laughs> so, so, I'm sorry. One I... Yeah, one second. <laughs> that being said, and this is worth acknowledging, Brian Bremberg, that clip, that clip was actually recorded over four years ago at this point. Actually, I don't know. I'm wrong about that. Over three years ago. So three years ago. Okay, 2020, he's running, presumably, to be the president six years from now, yeah. effectively. Well, 2028, yeah. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? And if you, if you compare video from then and now, it's actually quite no- – I mean, he was quite – his fastball had a little more zip on it. I'm not saying it was, you know – Yeah, no. I mean, no, no, but you, this is clearly a guy who could find the middle of the plate. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by – go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> So this is this is the fastball, the fastball that you're referring to. <laughs> That's actually that was Jefferson's original draft. You know, I just so you know he's quoting the original draft. They changed it later. Are you guys ready? We'll give you another. We'll give you another uh, Biden fastball, according to Brian Brenberg. You know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, just a bit outside, he tried the corner and missed. <laughs> He was going for the corner right there. He thought he had the corner, and it just, he missed a little bit. Hold on. We got some montages. You want to start with, uh, I like the second one. Play me the second one. What have your dealer's choice, Justin? Jonah. Jonah. And by the way, Jonah Hayes is, Jonah, where are you? There you are, it's Jonah. It's a woman. Right in front of me. And he's getting her name Stand wrong. Stand up, Jonah. It was also Kamala's birthday. And happy birthday, a great president. Let me start off with two herbs. Made in America in 2018. Two words. When they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. 54 states. <laughs> Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. He's watching. <laughs> and Biden has walked the bases full. <laughs> but is the president of the United States spelling and math. Spelling him the best one. A three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. <laughs> He, he always, when he gets it wrong, yeah. he repeats no, it. he emphasizes it. He doubles, like triples down on it. <laughs> That's a three-letter word. These four letters. <laughs> jobs. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we laugh. It's like a coping mechanism. But then they launched the video. I had to talk about this on Fox and Friends today. It was so fascinating. I had a friend, right, who shot wedding videos mm. for a living, produced wedding videos. And they would get instructions. Like, all right, when you're, you know, when you're putting the video together, emphasize certain things, de-emphasize other things. You know, maybe the bride hates the mother-in-law. She wants to see a lot of her in the video. We just had the wedding company photographer be told to (laughs) de-emphasize the president's 
exactly, in the wedding video. It was like a study in how to keep somebody out of clips. He's not right? actually in it. And if he's got to be in there, the clip can't be any longer than 0.75 seconds. Yeah, it was, it, like, it just, it's so staccato. Joe Biden is the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. You know how they never show you what's in it? They just quick shot of a briefcase. Like, is that what I think that is? That's right. Like, was that Joe Biden? I think it was. Un- it was unbelievable. There's, there's no uh, spot in that video where he's on screen and he says more than eight words. Nothing. They, they, they will. It was. It's uncanny how hard they had to work to keep him out. And, of And it. the point we're trying to make is, if they're playing a prevent defense now, yeah, where are we in four? I mean, there's no world where this is an okay thing. No. And everyone knows that. And it's not a Republican talking point. Brian Bremberg's in studio. The polling says seventy percent of the country doesn't want this. Okay. You know, everything in Hollywood gets a sequel. We're indifferent to sequels, okay? We're actually speaking up about one this right. time. Yeah. They've made sequels to Howard the Duck. Okay, they've made sequels <laughs> to any movie you can yes. think of. There's a Christmas Story sequel all the years later, and it's wrong, and it shouldn't have happened, no. but we didn't even say anything like, no. of course, everything gets a sequel. This is the one time every theater goer in America was like, no. No, don't make <laughs> – well, you, this is what's crazy. So, I, you know, you, you obviously have to make a video like this for him, given mm-hmm. where he is. But there are a bunch of people who then watched that video and said – you know what? Let's go ahead with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones who are culpable. They watched like that's what we had to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. And and we're talking about a situation where if you listen to the voice track, because Kilmeade brought this up as a radio guy, he's a guy you could barely understand what yeah. he's saying. How did they not retract that? And the God's honest truth is, it was probably really hard to get a coherent yeah. execution of a sentence because he's not good on the teleprompter as we've seen. Um, But to me, I mean, that just seems so reckless. But what it speaks to, and this is what I just assume the deal is, okay? Um, One, there are people that want him to run again because the country's being run by bureaucrats, Mm -hmm. meaning he's the face. They can executive order their way through him as an iTunes user agreement. But then the other reality is Jason Chavitz Brothers, I want to give him credit for this. Um, You know, he basically said he doesn't want to become a lame duck president yet, so he'll announce he's running and not run. Mm -hmm. You think there's any world? I mean, that seemed interesting to me. Instead of just conceding defeat, or do you really think they're doing this? I don't know. I mean, it, it sort of seems like he's really doing it here. I, my view on it is he he's not a he's got lots of problems, obviously. But the one thing, if you're if you're on the left, what you love about him is he is so pliable. He's, you yes, can do anything so you want. So most of the country doesn't want him, but the people who've got a lot of leverage in politics on the left really, really find this convenient. It is so true. Brian Brenberg in studio, and he's talking about Joe Biden is just a political Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> you want to make him a, a cop, you take off the ears and then you put on the hat. You know, if you make him a fireman, you're a cowboy. What do you want him to be? You could make him, oddly enough, you can make him Mrs. Potato That's Head right. now. You could always do that. Lincoln had the Toy Story potatoes. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world when you'd switch clothes. I'm like, Lincoln, you better watch that. You're going to get a Bud Light sponsorship when you grow up. <laughs> but it's true. He's like a political Mr. Potato Head. You can just dress him up as anything you want. Just do what he wants. I mean, he's it's he's... The things he's doing now, you can't look at any point in his career and say he stood for this stuff. No. Oh, you want me to give you some fun ones? These are some of my favorites. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states (laughs) must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Oh, weird. And then the political wind blew. 
and the rubber band. And, and these guys are like, look how far we can pull this thing. I mean, we, any way we want to. Any way we want to. Anything they want. That's the hook. So there's a couple of issues. One is, yes, they like him. It's politically expedient to have someone this unprincipled. Okay, obviously Americans have reservations about his cognitive ability. Okay, and you know, regardless, I can't issue a diagnosis from afar. I can only play you clips from three years ago <laughs> and posit that these things don't usually get better. Okay, but then there's an obvious issue with the truth. If you remember when he launched, he said it was a battle, battle for the soul of our mm. nation because Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, weird. All right, but whatever. Fine. It happens. That happens. But let's just talk about this, okay, because he's run for office a lot. You know, you know that one relative that keeps running like half marathons yeah. and fundraising off you? That's who Biden was politically his whole life. He's like, yeah, hey, oh, let me guess, you're doing another half marathon, I owe you 100 bucks. <laughs> All right, Joe, go get him, pal. Right. Here you go. This is, and I know you've heard this, this is Biden, this is 1988. It's just also so much fun to travel back to 1988. Wow. But this is one of the campaigns where he got in trouble for plagiarizing and graduating right. first in a class. And just listen to the evolution of this clip. It's a minute. We'll have some fun. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school, <laughs> 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, <laughs> that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political <laughs> science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. <laughs> I'm just saying, Brenberg. And that was 1988. No. What is the clip there? My memory might have failed right, me. Right. Good news, folks. That was only 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> His memory's gotten sharper. Uh, it, 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 it's sometimes it's just crazy to think we're at this moment. Yep. I mean, here we are, 88. They're saying Biden's toast. Look. Biden got the last laugh. Yep. Who are all those people who said he's toast? Yeah. Where are they today? He's in the White House. <laughs> he's still at the top of his class. Yeah. He'll still compare IQ with you. Yeah, yeah. Full ride, full academic scholarship. Unbelievable. First in his class. Well, it turns out it was 76 out of 85. <laughs> Didn't get an academic scholarship. He thought there were more people <laughs> in the class. So he started with like 300. When he was saying three degrees, it's because he was speaking outdoors in Buffalo. <laughs> he's like, no, no, it was it was cold. I meant three degrees. Uh, I didn't mean. But that's how they always always have to clarify every word out of his mouth. We've seen it all get walked back. This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. But stick with me. And it's not just because of the gratuitous gung-ho reference. This is the casualty, I say this all the time, to this hyper-partisan world we're living in, where it becomes so much more important to beat your political opposite than it does to have an honest assessment of what's going on yeah. here. Like, he's not electable. 
in any other world than the one he ran in. Right. Because it was like, we just hate the other guy yeah, so much. So much. It's so true. It, it has become purely about can we make our side hate the other guy yeah. more than if we make their side hate our guy? There's nothing left. There's not an idea battle anymore. It, it, not that he was ever in a real idea battle, <laughs> ever, even in 88, the glorious 88, but it, we're definitely not. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. He keeps one-upping people. Yeah. Okay, so he's the president now, mm-hmm. so, you know, from 88 to presidency. He just got this Inflation Reduction Act passed, yeah. and, and he beat a guy who I, I think could probably, you know, might have a higher IQ. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But he, he totally my, beat him. My favorite thing about Joe Manchin, though, because he's like, yeah, they're, they're not living up to the yeah, right. promises in the bill. I'm like, oh, wait, so you mean the bill that was passed under a fraudulent name? Right. <laughs> they, oh, really? They fine printed you? It was called inflation reduction. It's a climate change I mean, bill. what does it say about Washington, D.C., that Biden keeps winning on this chessboard against yep. all of these guys? Mm-hmm. Well, that means whoever's moving that particular chess piece understands the game better than whatever AI or Deep Blue is sitting across <laughs> from Gary Kasparov or whoever we're talking about here. No, it's it's scary. That's why as much as we laugh about the idea of him running again, he's formidable. Yeah. He's an incumbent. I mean, it, you know, they don't need much. And if they can sell whoever the Republican is, this is the funny part about this. It doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is. The nominee is Trump. Yeah. I mean, if it's Tim Scott, right. they're running January 6th commercials. No, that, that's they're running so Tim Scott commercials. That's right. That first, the first, what, within the first 30 seconds of his election yep. bid, uh-huh. those are the guys yep. who take up, not him, not uh-huh. the president. No, 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 no. That's how it works, though. But that's the truth. They Democrats have one hit, okay? If you go see Chumbawamba, they're going to sing, I get knocked down, but I get knocked up again. If you go see the Democrats, they're going to call you a racist. It doesn't matter. It could be Tim Scott. It could be black. It could be Nikki Haley. They said on NBC she was using her brown skin to launder white supremacy. It's like the way they come up with this is actually kind of impressive. There's a they, lot of creativity there. The, you yeah, they, give them that. That's, well, that's, you know what it is? got to get creative in the position they're in because Joe Biden is the candidate. Yep. Back to major league. It is. You put snot on the ball. That's right. They go, Yo, well, you, I don't have an arm like yours, kid. i got to do whatever I can. Every pitch is a spitball. That's the Democrats. Every pitch is a spitball. You put white supremacy on the first black man to serve in both houses of Congress. <laughs> I don't have an arm like yours, kid. I don't have a candidate. i got to do everything I can to Tim Scott. Bottom line. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Back after this. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep. Rousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. As you know, Brian Brenberg was just here in studio. He left. But before he did, he gave me a note he wants me to read. I'm kidding. (laughs) That's the bottom of the ninth here on the show. There's a lot going on this week, and you need to know about all of it. Uh, Some good TV tonight. I'll be on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. I'll be joining Brian Kilmeade in the 8 p.m. hour. Tomorrow I am on Waters World. Thursday, a live audience, Sean Hannity. And then I'm heading down to the swamp. I'll be doing the show Friday 
from the D.C. Bureau right there down in D.C. And then we'll be bringing you live coverage from the White House Correspondents' Dinner on the red carpet Saturday night. Uh, in I got to be honest with you, a phenomenal jacket. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to need to defund the fashion police this weekend. I'm not going to lie. A lot of summonses going to be written on that red carpet. You know, I don't get invited to a lot of these things. So it's very much like a, it's always a beer commercial for me where I just opened a can of Keystone Light and everything started going my way. Remember those? Hey, drank Keystone Light. Next thing you know, he's at the White House hanging out with like models and stuff. This is unbelievable. So I'll be there getting my money's worth. Uh, you're all welcome to ride along. You'll be watching me on live TV with Lawrence Jones in the 9 p.m. hour and the 10 p.m. hour. I will, of course, be updating social media on all of that as well. And then the following week, the Laughs and Liberty Tour starts. Uh, it is May the 6th in Reading, Pennsylvania, myself and the K train, Kennedy. Uh, May the 20th, we are in Clearwater, Florida. Hey, girl, my cousin Johnny's going to be there. That's a hot one. Uh, then June the 3rd, Davenport, Iowa. June the 10th, Mesa, Arizona. And then I'm heading west from there to interview William Shatner. It's a long story. I'll explain tomorrow. Uh, June the 24th at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. And then we have July the 8th in Holland, Michigan, and in Jenny's hometown, July the 29th. This show is over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We don't care. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.